I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. All right, folks. uh, We've got a special routine checkup for you this week. As it is December 1st, which means yesterday was the last day of November, which marks the last day of our Movember campaign. Movember. We spent one month trying to raise money for Movember in a myriad of ways. Brian, Taylor, and myself, we each had our own individual MoBro page that you could have donated to. Uh, So first of all, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who donated, aka everyone in my entire family, for donating to my page. (laughs) Because, uh, Because if you didn't catch this, uh, at the very beginning of the month, we set out to um, to have a, a friendly competition uh, to see who could raise the most money uh, on uh, during this month. And so uh, the final tallies are, I mean, in, in, during this recording, not technically in because there's still, uh, you know, there's still like seven hours to the day before people can, um, where people can still donate but if you're hearing this it's over so at the at the time of recording which is uh uh yesterday afternoon uh we are sitting at a total of two thousand eight hundred ninety five dollars for our entire team that's all three of us together taylor you've come in last place which you're not used to sorry buddy uh five hundred and (laughs) thirty dollars raised by you uh brian team captain is coming in with $1,015. And then uh, right now I'm sitting at the top, the uh, the king of the castle with $1,300. Guys, I just want to say, I'm really happy that I didn't lose by like $50 because, Jerry, you, t- you got an early lead with some contributions from your family You did members. get an early lead, yeah. My yeah. mom... I, I, w- I went to my mom and I was like, mom, you need to, ha- you need to donate some money to my, my Movember campaign. She, mo- she donated to all three of us. <laughs> she was like, great. she was like, oh, there, but there's all three of you. So yeah, she yeah. divided her yep. donation amongst all and of us. And I was like, no, it's a competition. <clears throat> yeah. And she donations like, oh, were, I just want to support everybody. Donations were very, donations were very, were very front heavy. It was, a, it was, a, it was a big, it was a big splash at the beginning of the we month. Blew our loads fast. Blew our loads pretty quickly at the beginning of the month. And, um, although I feel personally attacked just you know from our our friends and our fans um leaving that aside i'll take it on the chin i lost and i accept the consequences so those consequences are um uh, you are you must now get a tattoo now originally we were talking about getting an inner lip tattoo of a mustache but um (laughs) and i'm totally i was game for that but uh and Bri, you were game for that. Taylor, you weren't so much game for that. And this was even before the 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 blowing our load early. We this actually, before- we, I mean, we think lip lip tattoos are pretty cool. Jerry, you and I. I thought yeah. I I like the idea of it. 
I like the idea until you lose. But no, no, no. It's not. It's not. It's not the losing. I like the idea of it. Like if it could. Now the the thing that worries me, and Brian, back me up on this. And Brian, don't throw me under the bus right now because I'll, I'll I swear I'll jump across this fucking table. No, what you're about to say is true. I I agree. That I know where you're going. Brian and I are both sufferers of canker sores, aka mouth herpes. And if I bite my lip, if I bite my lip, I get a canker sore. If there's a sore in my mouth of any kind, that like a cut, somebody, if I you know if I. Am uh, walking if I if I'm looking at my phone. Don't Google mouth herpes. And I Jared. walk blindly into it in a, into a wall, and I cut my lip on my teeth. I will get a canker sore. Yes. It just it's just how it is. They, they they and then they last. They last for they might as well last for a fucking eternity because they're that horrible. And uh, I mean, you might you could arguably say that they're worse than some of the things that some of our guests yeah. and some of our guests have had yeah. and All deal right. with well, on the show. I don't know about that. And um, it's very it's a very personally um, personally um, um, aggravating experience for me. And Brian backed me up that if we got, if I got a mouth tattoo, if I got an inner lip tattoo. You're gonna have I, a musta- I, mustache mate- shaped. Canker it'll sore. Just be a, it'll just be a mustache-shaped <laughs> canker sore. Exactly. And who knows how long it'll last if I have somebody needling away at the inside of my mouth for like 30 minutes. I have a canker sore right now. And if you're listening to this and you have a canker sore, I see you. Okay. Uh, so uh, so uh. instead of the inner lip tattoo, we're going to go with something that's a little bit more visible at uh, more of the time, yep. all of the time. Yep. And we're going to go uh, inner, inner index finger tattoo of the Movember style mustache. Yeah. And so that I can, uh, every time I, every time I scratch my nose and put my finger up under my nose, uh, there will be a little, a little, a little reminder of how shitty you did this. It has to be yeah. on your dominant hand too. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm ambi, I'm ambidextrous. So <laughs> right or left doesn't really matter. Okay. So, uh, so Taylor's going to get a tattoo. Really excited about that. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be sure to whip up some content around that and put it up so you can see. <coughs> um, but, um, like I said, this is a special routine checkup episode. So in uh, celebration of the end of November, November for 2021, uh, what we're going to release this week on the podcast is the live show that we put in place as a fundraiser for November. We did this at the beginning of the month, um, and we were joined by two very special guests, uh, our friend Mitch, who works with Movember and uh, has been a longtime friend of ours, and, and uh, he sat down and, and chatted with us about uh, why Movember matters and why men's health matters. Uh, and that was really fun. We played a fun little game with him called Guess That Mo. Um, and uh, that, was, that was really hilarious. Uh, and, then, and then we move into a conversation with Dr. John Olive, who, um, who does a lot of work um, out in British Columbia surrounding men's health. And it was a lovely conversation. Super uh, grateful to have had a moment to speak with John. He was a lovely guest. Um, so you can listen to that here. But also, heads up, if you would like to watch the episode, you can actually go to our YouTube channel where the episode has been posted um, in our main feed there on YouTube. Anybody can watch. Um, and it's, it's definitely worth checking out. The visuals are very fun, especially with the Guess That Mo game. Um, so without further ado, folks, uh, again, thank you for contributing to our Movember campaign this year. Big shout out to Movember. Uh, big shout out to everybody who partook in the campaign this year. 
Um, good job raising money for something that really matters and that's very important. Um, and uh, this is our Movember recording from the beginning of the month. We hope you enjoy it and uh, we will see you on the other side. Yeah, Woo! and we're live. What's up, everybody? Sick boy, live from the HQ, November edition. Look at that stash oh, on wow. you, Tay. You're really wow. doing some work. Looks here. like you looks like you smeared just a little bit of dookie o- over the over the upper lip. Just a light smattering. Yeah, uh, folks, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you all so so much for joining us for the uh, Sick Boy Live November edition. Woo! We are so elated to be uh, hanging out with you today. We've got a really great show planned, uh, but before we get into the uh, the nitty gritty, a couple of housekeeping uh, items to to bring to the forefront. Number one, uh, as you can see to the left side underneath, uh, there's a poll section. We've got a couple of polls on the go. Uh, the very top one is who has truly the best mo, and I want to say I'm a little bit I'm a little bit chuffed. I'm a little bit miffed. No, chuffed is not. No, if you're chuffed, I'm a little bit chuffed to bits. I'm a little bit chapped. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. My ass is chapped. Yeah. Why? Yeah. What's wrong? Uh, with it? Because Taylor and Brian both have votes, and I have none. So, oh, you don't have any yet. I don't have a single vote. Oh, I'm still in your camp, though, you know, Jerry. Even though I've by the votes. end of the month, look, I'm just going to say this: by the end of the month, this poll is going to change. I I will say, Jerry, people are voting with their dollars because you are leading in our November. Uh, donation. He is. I am killing so, it. He is. And it, was, so, and it was all, and it yeah. was a day one surge for Jer. Yeah. All, all for and my family. Thank you, family. And Thank we're you. playing the long Thanks, game. Thanks, mom. I know we're you're playing, here. We're playing the long game here. <laughs> uh, so the polls are there uh, to the left. If you want to, if you want to chime in, would love to hear your thoughts on uh, a few, few different things there. Um, and then next to that, you'll see a ask a question segment. So, um, you know, ask a question. We would love to hear what you think um, about the conversations that uh, are taking place tonight. So you can always ask a question there. Try to keep the questions out of the chat because it, it might get missed. But if it goes in that ask a question sec- section, uh, we will be able to see it. Uh, and then the other thing is uh, there's a, there should be a call to action button um, that basically says donate to the cause. Um, I hope you see that. This is the first time we've used this feature. So if you do <laughs> see it, click it. Um, but if you don't see it, you can go to sickboypodcast.com slash Movember. Again, that's sickboypodcast.com slash Movember, uh, where we are, we are taking donations to raise money all in the name of men's health awareness uh, and men's health research and men's health programming across, uh, across the world, really. Uh, Movember does a ton, of, a ton of work in the world of men's health, and we will be hearing all about that soon uh, when we get to our very first guest. But we should also caveat that with Jair's in the lead, and it's a competition, and uh, <laughs> and there's going to be a silly consequence for whoever loses. And so, if you want to make that a tight, ex- a tight race and an exciting race, then do we want to really- talk about what the silly consequence is? Because I, me and Bri agreed, felt cool with what the consequence was, but yeah. you you weren't for it. I'm not. Well, I don't want a tattoo on the on my on the inside of my lip. 
Why not? No one can see it. It must feel like the stakes are even higher now that you now know that you know you're losing. Too. That's right. That's right. <laughs> please, do, please, please donate. See, please help me. If if by the end of the show we could all be even, that would be. A, I would really love that. That would, oh, that that would, would bring be, that would bring a lot of excitement into yeah. the next three weeks. And I'm me. in last. And honestly, everybody, not a very uh, a foreign. It's a foreign feeling for me. The other, last. the other thing, the other thing that I want to get out there before we get to the show is that uh, shop.sickboypodcast.com. You can go there, and if you want to, uh, if you want to donate in a in a different way, instead of giving uh, our Mo team uh, your hard earned dollars, you can actually uh, purchase some some November exclusive uh, Sick Boy merch. I'm actually wearing one of the shirts right now. You might have seen this shirt featured in the pre show there. Um, the it's hard to see from here, but it says "Ask me about my feelings." Um, and we're dropping new merch once a week. The uh, The next shirt that we are dropping in the shop uh, will be coming out tomorrow. So keep your eyes open for that. We're really excited about it. I think mm-hmm. I might switch my outfit uh, later in the show and go grab that shirt and put it on too. So That's a good, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, good, see, yeah. see what's coming good next. Little preview. Are you guys ready to bring our first guest uh, to the stage, a.k.a. the screen, a.k.a. to your living room, so your car, exciting on the shitter wherever you might yeah. be watching or tuning in from across the uh, across the world. I am ready and our guest is not included in the poll because it would be too skewed. Oh my god. In terms of the best mustache <laughs> folks. Mitch was born with a mustache. I don't Mitch, know if I'm, I, Mitch was literally came out of the womb with a mustache. Uh please put your hands together for our friend Mitch from November. Uh, Mitch is the director of development at Movember Canada, has been with the organization for the past eight years. He's passionate about uh, changing our assumptions about men's health and breaking down the barriers that keep men from talking. When Mitch isn't working, you can find him swimming in the ocean, practicing woodworking or riding his road bike on the North Shore of Vancouver. Mitch, what's up, buddy? Look at that (laughs) fucking stash. That's crazy. And this is only eight days in. It's coming in. It's coming in. It's coming in very nicely. I mean, one thing I didn't put in my bio there is I'm also very passionate about your mustache. Because, hey, you know, the shittier the mustache, the better the conversation. I <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? I, so I've took, I took a picture of all of us so you can get a nice up and close look at what day eight looks like. And uh, Mitch, I want to get your thoughts on this. So day eight, this, this is our mug shots right here. Ooh, okay. You know. Yeah. Now you can't really tell from me. I'm going to. I'm. Go, I've got a. I'm. I have a light handlebar. It's a light handlebar. See, the thing that I'm really disappointed about is that you actually cropped mine so that I look shorter than you guys, which is, uh, you know, that's what I'm concerned about here because I think I think all of our mustaches look like day eight mustaches so far. They I feel do. like they're pretty close there. Yeah. Mitch but is I an do outlier. Look significantly shorter. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate Taylor. Yours is curling around there a bit, which I appreciate. Brian, yours looks a little prickly, actually. It is very oh, it prickly. Is. Yeah. Yes. It is a prickly stash. I have yeah. a wiry, because, you know, I... Maddie I, is upset. I struggled to grow facial hair in general, <laughs> though I... And, and look, like, I would say growing a, a good mustache or beard um, is something that, like, I've been insecure about most of my life. But what better time of the year to grow a mustache and put some eyes on my uh, my insecurities and vulnerabilities? There you go. Then, wow. then this, then this time of year, right? Spun that and so around. And if there's anybody, way. listen. If there's anybody who really wants to support my mo growth, you can go to sickboypodcast.com/slash/november. And yeah. my my name is right on the page. There, you can click on click on that and donate some dollars to me. Well, with that said, Mitch, uh, why don't you give us a little kind of rundown? Um, on 
why the mustache? What is Movember? What's the deal with Movember? And and maybe give us a little story, a background into um, how Movember came to be. Sure, all of that in one, no problem. Um, <laughs> in yeah, 30 so seconds like, or less and go. Perfect. Um, yeah, Movember, I think, you know, everybody knows it for, for growing the beautiful mustaches. It's a good laugh. Um, but it started in uh, Australia, actually, in 2003. A couple of friends were sitting at a bar, having a couple of beers, and their conversation turned to a, like, a very intellectual topic of uh, 70s fashion. And mm. looked around, hey, let's bring back the mustache, and got 30 other friends to do it that first year and had a blast and had a huge party at the end. But uh, that's all it was. Movember didn't start out as a charity or think we'd be chatting better today. It was just like an excuse for 30 dudes to have a good time. But um, <laughs> They realize similar to our mustaches right now, just like sparks conversations, you know, and yeah. they're coming up to them being like, what is that dead animal on your face? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and uh, so they added a cause to it. And, you know, fast forward to today from those 30 friends, we've had over 5 million people take part, uh, funded over 1200 men's health project and raised about a billion, $1 billion uh, for men's wow. health. So Pretty epic when you think about it. Uh, it all started with a few uh, mustaches and starting that conversation. And, you know, originally it was for prostate cancer. And I think a lot of people recognize that. And on that side of it, there wasn't a lot being done for prostate cancer before. So yeah. in the past, you know, 10 years, we've advanced prostate cancer, which previously would have taken like 60 or 70 years because there's been so much, you know, attention, which is pretty awesome. Like five years from now, we'll have Mm -hmm. dads and grandfathers alive to see their grandkids, which is pretty special. Now mm -hmm. I, I want to just get this out of the way. The, the, the whole prostate yeah. cancer thing, um, uh, in terms of getting your prostate checked for, uh, prostate cancer, that's, that's not so, like typically that I'm 33, right? So typically that's not something that I would be no. thinking about doing yet, is it a quite 40, yet but, but I am 40? coming up there, right? I think it's like, at what age do people want to start getting their prostate checked? And I don't mean, uh, checked at home recreational. No, not recreationally. I'm talking about by a professional yeah. who knows how to do it. Yeah. So we, we recommend 50 is a good time to have okay. that conversation with the doctor, but unless it runs in your family, uh, mm. your, your dad or your brother, or actually if you're African or Caribbean descent, you're at a higher risk. So you need like oh. 25. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Something yeah. that, something that, um, when, when you mentioned there about prostate cancer, November kind of initially being about prostate cancer, actually, I mm. must admit I, I did a I did a prostate cancer fundraiser years and years ago in November and I and I was calling it Movember and I did and at the time this would have been 2012 maybe maybe 2011 and I didn't actually know at the time that Movember was a charity. I didn't know that it was like an organization. I thought that November had just been completely taken by the mustache like as a mm. cultural thing and it was like all about <laughs> prostate cancer and I didn't know. And I, and I, so I didn't know this at the time and then somebody tuned me up to it. And so my question to you, Mitch is over time, I, I always looked at Movember as, as you know, cancer, cancer focused, prostate cancer in particular, prostate and testi testicular cancer. Mm. And over the past few years, I've, 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 we've seen Movember like really dive into the mental health um, side mm. of things when, when talking about mental health, where, for the organization, like when did that shift change where where it, it started to become this like really this really like big umbrella for men's health and kind of left the 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 just focusing on prostate cancer, testicular cancer? Yeah. So, I mean, since the beginning, it's always been men's health and just the first 
cause area was prostate cancer. Mm. Um, and then we added mental health and suicide prevention in 2012 in Canada. And yeah, for good reason. I mean, like the stats around it in Canada are pretty bad. 75% of suicides are by men. We lose a man to seven men to suicide in Canada every day. Um, it's, it's a hidden health wow. crisis really. So, you know, the attention, uh, that it needs is, is important and using these mustaches is kind of that, that badge and that conversation started to get mm. the, the topic going is really important. So, mm-hmm. and what was, uh, and you know, I know that I've seen you, uh, on, on your social media channels and stuff, you're, you know, you're vocal about, about your, your, uh, inspiration for, you know, why mm-hmm. you grow your mo every year and, and your, your inspiration for being a part of, of the organization that you work for, obviously so passionately. What is that? What is that inspiration for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I originally did it just for fun, which is, I think, the reason a lot of people do Movember. It's like, and it's kind of sneaky. Movember uses the mustache and doing it for fun is that Trojan horse, really, to get mm. guys talking about this stuff. Yeah. But then when they, when they did add the mental health side, like it, it definitely hit a personal side for for my family. Um, yeah, I lost my my grandfather to suicide when I was, you know, a few months old. Right. So I, I never got to meet him. And so I always, you know, since then I've always thought about him and thought like what I missed out on and like what memories I could have made with him. If things had been different, if November was around back then, if things could have been different. And I think for me too, like I think about him all the time. I never met the guy, but like mm-hmm. that, that ripple effect that it has on people when you lose someone to suicide, that's a ripple effect on friends and family and yeah. community. And I never met him. So I always think about, you know, people that lost a best friend or lost their dad or lost their partner you know, mm-hmm. how hard that must be. And so, you know, as bad as the suicide stats are, it is preventable. You know, it doesn't need to be this way. And for men that take their lives at three times the rate of, of women, we like, there's just not enough being done for men. And yeah. it's caused, we need, you need to do something about it. Yeah. The way. And, and, and these are just some of the things that we're going to be talking about with our, our guests coming up, uh, uh, Dr. John Olive. Can't wait to get to it. But before we do, um, uh, Mitch, I'm, I'm curious to know, uh, you know, we're, we kick the show off by asking people to, uh, to, to donate to the cause, you know, um, sickboypodcast.com slash Movember, you know, donate to our mustaches, give us money, uh, buy shirts so that we can give money to Movember. Where does the, where did the funds go? Like what is Movember doing with the actual funds, uh, that come into the organization itself? Yeah. So uh, when people donate and hopefully uh, guys can rack up some good donations this year, it goes to the Movember charity. Uh, And last year, about 85% on every dollar went toward men's health projects and helps tackle those big issues. So, you know, new treatments for prostate cancer, survivorship programs for men going through testicular cancer. And I'd say on the mental health side, that's where some of the most innovative stuff is, Mm. you know, it's really focusing on groups that need the support. Um, and are at higher risk. So indigenous communities, you know, we know that they're at you know, four to 20 times the national average for suicide rates. Mm. Uh, this year we launched uh, the first ever subarctic indigenous mental health uh, and addiction center in Churchill, Manitoba. We do work uh. in responder groups. Uh, we do work for youth mental health, teaching, you know, mental health through sport. We know mental health challenges like start young. So getting in there early mm. is really important. And yeah. You know, this year we launched a program for dads, how to be, you know, support Canadian dads. So lots of different things. Um, probably one of the coolest ones that if your viewers want to check out, it's called Movember Conversations. And it's basically a, a conversation starter about how to support other people uh, in your life that might be going through a tough mm-hmm. time. 
um, upskills them. So you can head to conversations.movember.com and that one's a really, really special mm-hmm. tool that helps awesome. everybody. One, one, one thing that I think that's so, um, that has become really tangible for me over the past few years um, in terms of like donating to charities and seeing how money helps um, organizations make a difference, uh, especially in, in healthcare is, is like growing up, I guess I would think of like the uh, runs or walks for cancer awareness. And like, I would think about all the money Skip that rope was being for raised <laughs> and I, and I would try to imagine like, where does that money go? Like, what does it actually do? Mm. But then when I started to learn more about cystic fibrosis specifically mm. and all the money that like Shinarama raises on yeah. an annual basis and how that has been statistically increasing the life expectancy of people living with cystic yeah. fibrosis, it's become so much more tangible to me the way that money can actually make a difference in a really positive and powerful yeah. way, especially if there's a well-structured organization behind it that's like sort of like quarterbacking the whole that that's a good analogy actually quarterbacking you because love it's a like good, very you, analogy, you know very very manly to be a quarterback you know standing like just directing the field and and where this money's going okay. so you know I, like I, maybe I'm just overindulging here a little bit in this yep. analogy but anyway I, I think it's really powerful what Movember is doing and so yeah. I'm uh, I I really appreciate the work that that you're doing, Mitch, and and the team that's working with you. Um, Mitch, we uh, we knew that we were going to be hanging out with you for a little bit uh, before we got to our conversation with John. And uh, in in preparation for that, we we decided to put together a little game uh, because as a man who's worked with Movember for so many years, I'm sure you're aware of like some of the most iconic mustaches uh, mm. that have come to be over the decades. Um, so we're gonna play. Uh, we're gonna play a little game of guess that mo. Um, and uh, wh- how this is gonna work is you're gonna have ten seconds to guess the stash. Okay, uh, you're only gonna get the outline of the mustache, um, and then and then it, within that ten seconds, you gotta guess who it's gonna be, and then we'll reveal uh, who the mustache belonged to. Are you Are you ready? I'm, I mean, I'm ready as I'm gonna be, but I'm terrible. At <laughs> I, I really hope you don't fuck this up. Here we go. All right. Guess that move. Who is it? All right. Whose mustache is this? Ten seconds. I believe this is Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. Okay. Final right. answer. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Uh, well, let's find out. It's Tom Selleck. Hey! Wow. Good job. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Ready for the next one? One for one. Hundred percent. <laughs> it's really hard to uh, see this one. Yeah. Look real close at the screen. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, come on. This uh, one should be obvious. <laughs> John Waters. <laughs> that's a tough one. John Waters was a tough one. That's yeah, the yeah. toughest yeah. one. All right, here we go. Wait. Go for it, Brian. Go for it. Who is John Waters? John Waters is a, uh, is a famous American director um, and very, very, uh, very interesting personality. He's, See, he's quite funny. Mitch, I, f- I find this game really hard because I'm not a big movie. Oh, so it's an Italian. Is, he a t- is yeah. John Waters no. Italian? I uh, what I'm I'm terrible at movies. William, I'm looking this up. I've actually seen quite a few movies, um, especially with Taylor. But I mostly fall asleep when I go yeah, to the theater. Yeah, I see. And so just, and so I was putting together this game, and I was like, I who is man, this? Guy? I don't think I would be very good at this game. So if you if you really only get Tom Selleck, I, I mean, I just hey. want you to know that I'm right there with you. And I'm dude, we're, we're asking have, you to guess people based <laughs> off of 
like four inches of hair on their face. It's insane. Listen, listen we can have an open, vulnerable conversation about this later, you and I. Yeah. But uh, yeah. but yeah, just let just know that I'm there with you. I do appreciate the Pokemon background. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You got to catch all those mustaches. Here's the third uh, third round. Guess that move. This fucking game. Oh, I should know this one. It's uh, it's not Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> no, we uh, Charlie it. Chaplin. Oh, you got three seconds, yeah. Charlie Chaplin. Final answer? Yeah. It's Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, good job, buddy. <laughs> Ooh, the voiceover you did on All this right. is fantastic. Here we go. That's sweet, eh? Guess that move. I love this one. Wait, this is uh, Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein. I can see Albert Einstein. I can see it, but, but I'm not sure which. This is misleading. I think it might be Albert Einstein. It's Chris. Oh, oh, that one. Also, was, check out that chest. That one was yeah. very misleading. It was, it was misleading, right? All right, we got one more. Guess that move. Um, <coughs> this is uh, you, you know this. I do know this one. You His got name's it. like flipping. He um, recently left us. Burt Reynolds. Yes. Oh, yes. Right the right right. The dude get hell by yeah. with a little help from your friends you know uh the chat's kind of popping off here we had uh we had Brady chime in and said i thought it was hitler so uh so somebody else uh, was just laughing chaplain um i don't remember hitler ever wearing a bowler <laughs> someone just someone just straight up lolled at einstein oh that's great um yeah this is good this is really fun well that that was really fun mitch uh i want to say buddy you know, over the last few years, um, we have had this isn't the first time that we've kind of like had a, a bit of a, a relationship with Movember. And, you know, early days, one of our very first live shows was in Toronto at the Movember HQ uh, on Richmond Street, I believe it was. And um, we've had a chance to meet you and hang out with you a number of times. And every single time it is an absolute pleasure. We think the world of you. You're one of the coolest people we've ever met. And uh, just to have you on the show for just a, a sliver of, of time has been such an absolute treat. So thank you so much, uh, Mitch. It really, really is the best. I also just want to add that you said something, Mitch, where you said that uh, the that the mustache was the Trojan horse. That's that mm. that like allows the conversation to happen. And I can't tell you how much I went. Oh, my God, that's exactly how I feel about what we do and us like using humor to have conversations. Mm -hmm. And like I've never thought of it thought of it as the Trojan horse and uh, that is going to stick with we're going to steal that time. we're going to steal yeah. that and we will not give you credit thank you very much, very much so. thanks Mitch thanks guys appreciate <laughs> it are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice it's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. Um, all right, we are moving on. Uh, we are going to go right into our guest for the evening. Uh, very excited about this. Uh, John Olive, Dr. John Olive, sorry, is a professor, uh, Canada Research Chair in Men's Health Promotion and founder and lead of the Men's Health Program at the University of British Columbia. His work focuses on men's depression and suicidality, 
and he is currently working with Movember on their Men Building Better Relationships program. I'm really, really excited to talk about all of this stuff. Uh, wherever you are, please give a big round of applause for Dr. John Olive. Hello, sir. Hi, how are you? I'm very good, very, very good. Well. You got uh, you, your mustache is coming in. I was saying earlier, you got a little bit of that salt and pepper. Yeah, got the spread across the face. So I'll, I'll trim it down and try and make some sense of it a bit later in the week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I, I mean, you know, I probably should have brought this up with Mitch. One, one thing I really think is important about, about men's health that uh, hasn't been touched on yet is razor burn. Because yes. I'm, I'm telling you right now, man. I found it. I'm, I, I, found the, I found the secret. What, what is, is it? it? I so I have I have I get razor burn in a very specific spot. Same. Right under here. Now it's it's because well on my face anyway, the grain of my hair I can't is, believe we're in, actually in going a, into this right in now. I can't believe we're going into this when we brought John on. But I know. this it's, is it's great. It's different. <laughs> it's different on this side than it is on this side, but I shave it like this in the same direction. And then I get razor burn when I when I even if it's just a little so bit a little bit side grain, yeah. not not against the grain, yeah. but like not with it. Actually, Riveting. I, sh- I shaved for the first time uh, this morning after the straight razor shave, and uh, Joel said that last week, and I actually changed, and I've I've had better result r- better results since then. So riveting, you know, riveting right, stuff. Yeah. So glad that we're covering the stuff that matters, John. <laughs> um, this is, I mean, this is why we showed up. And uh, and what are your thoughts on razor burn? Go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I go with the grain. When I go against, I get a rash. And I actually, I got a bit of a, uh, an idea that the blades are getting a bit blunter. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Like by design, like like big razor, like big razor conspiracy. <laughs> That's it. A big razor. Thing. I think there's a lack of good razors out there at the moment. Uh, you know what's funny is I joined Dollar Shave Club uh, a couple years ago, and I'm not sponsored. I've been I'm gonna have to bleep uh, that out here. Give me one second; I'll go back and. <laughs> I've been getting a, a shipments. Honestly, probably way more razor blades than I than I probably need to be honest. Brian, but you could use a razor one razor blade for four years. Totally, one hundred percent. And the funny thing is, is that I find that the quality in razor blades that come in each order is different. Like sometimes I get like that sweet <laughs> razor blade that doesn't. It just fucking cuts like a knife yeah. straight. Yeah. But then so that you that's, that's in, so that's so it's, this is again, big razor. This is so that you'll come. You'll go. Oh, but the next batch will be better. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. I'm going to rein it back in. So, uh, John, <laughs> uh, let's talk about your work, specifically the work that you're doing with Movember. Um, uh, I, I had said in the the uh, intro there that you're working on the men building better relationships program. Can you give us a bit of a rundown on what that is and, and what that entails in terms of your work? Yeah, um, so for the longest time we've been doing work in men's depression and suicidality and Brendan Mayer, who, who heads up, you know, uh, one of the mental health arms at Movember, contacted us and sort of said, I think we could do some work in relationships, you know, men's intimate partner relationships, um, because we know that when guys <laughs> have a distressed relationship or a ruptured relationship, um, they're up to eight times more likely than females who divorce to suicide. So there's a oh, wow. there's a kind of a correlation here where you know bad relationships, distressed relationships really can impact mental health. So we thought about doing some work um, to try and better understand guys when they go through relationship breakups. And the idea is to get upstream of the distress and try and help blokes build better relationships. Because a lot of times we don't really know and might go in as rookies and not really have a clear sense of what we want from a relationship, might not know how to negotiate. So we've interviewed lots of guys from Canada and 
Australia um, to try and better understand, you know, uh, what forms a good relationship and what the skills are they might want. Yeah. I, one thing that comes to mind when you say all of that is, is, you know, through the work that we've done over the last six years and having conversations on this podcast, I, I mean, and I'm talking from a real personal point. Like, I think one of the one of the key points to a a successful and and like flourishing relationship is your ability to meaningfully communicate with the other person that you're in a relationship with. And um, I know that it's like uh, sort of the the stereotype of men. Uh, that men are very stoic and 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 you know have a bit of a harder time communicating about things that might be challenging. I mean, we've had so many people write in to tell us that it's like weird to hear three guys so openly talk about things that they find tough or whatever on the show, which I, I always found very funny because like that's just that's just our relationship. That's who mm -hmm. we are mm -hmm. to each other, and that's how we've always related to one another. Um, wh what do you like? Where do you think that? stems from this this notion that that men have a harder time taking action when it comes to healthy communication whether that's communicating with their their loved ones or or i mean fuck like even communicating with their their medical team you know yeah. like their 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 healthcare professionals um which which i think is one of the big reasons why a lot of men you know, end up sick or, or, or miss out on these pre-screening pro programs or, or end up, you know, with suicidal thoughts or what have you. Yeah, you're spot on about the communication piece. So, you know, in their interviews with the guys, they're really clear that the thing they kind of regretted or, or the, where they wanted to school up was around <laughs> communication. So this idea that not just... You know, oftentimes when guys connect with guys, there'll be a lot of humour, there'll be a lot of one-upmanship, there'll be a lot of, you know, kind of fun and a bit of teasing. And that doesn't always work with, you know, intimate partner relationships. And so, <laughs> you know, so... Really? Well, that's what they're telling us, so... Yeah. Um, so I'm just the messenger. But, uh, uh, just to say, it's, it's super interesting that a lot of times what we sense is that relationships happen to guys you know they don't necessarily go in with the huh. with that skill set around communication that might be needed and one of the things that i found really interesting from the fellas was you know they say oh you know i really want to get into this space of sitting down and chatting with my partner about the relationship you know like actually mapping it seeing how we're doing how we're tracking what could be adjusted and improved and i thought it was really wise counsel and a lot of these guys go through breakups they come out the other end and and, you know, sort of start to think about more formal ways of communicating that are going to keep things on track. Because there's plenty of guys get blindsided and there's plenty of guys in distressed relationships too. Mm. That, that when, you, when you said that it's a, you know, you wanted to work downstream of, uh, of, uh, of the issue uh, and, and get ahead of it by, you know, building a good relationship in the first place instead of, instead of treating the symptom of of the relationship, which is that they break up and then there's the, and then there's the issues that follow instead of trying, instead of trying to have conversations around the symptoms that follow treat, treating it to build it so that those symptoms don't you know happen or they happen much less in the first place. Like what I, I feel like, I feel like in the medical world, we, we, it, it really 
a lot of stuff ends up being treating the symptom. Like what was, what was the genesis of, what was the genesis of like really trying to focus there? Um, and like, how, how was that? What was that met? Cause, cause that part, the part about, about building good relationships that it's, it's almost like an abstraction from, from, uh, you know, your work in, in talking about, oh, this is like the issue. This is what's happening with this person. And this is how we can help this person who's going through this thing. Like, how is that, how is that met creating a program that kind of deals in this, um, deals in this realm that is, uh, is a little bit more abstract from like what you'd probably mm. think of in, men- in, in dealing with mental health. Yeah. You guys are, are spot on. Um, great question. So we try, if, you, if your end product is suicide, you're always trying to get upstream for prevention. And typically the healthcare system, and this is not a criticism, healthcare system deals in problems. And, you know, so prevention, there's not always a, an emphasis on. So Movember being very keen to try and get, as we'd say, upstream to try and skill guys in a way that they would better deal with relationships. And that might even be better exits from a relationship that's not working. So just most of the funding and most of the money for relationship services are way downstream, not just not just suicide prevention, but intimate partner violence and domestic violence. They're really important areas. But imagine if we could get upstream and start to prevent some of those some mm-hmm. of those issues occurring. Mm-hmm. So we've um, you know we've been starting to build um, an intervention or program, for want of a better term, at Movember to try and bring guys into a space where they can safely, you know, equip themselves with a, mm. with a few more skills for better, better dealing with relationships because they're, they're work. They're pretty mm. hard work. Yeah. yeah. In, in, in terms of having those conversations with, in the intimate partner relationships, you talked about how like, if it's a group of guys talking together, they sort of poke fun at each other, the one-upmanship and those types of characteristics. How does, how does it differ when you're, speaking to an intimate partner when when you spoke to guys or interviewed guys did they talk about what worked in terms of intimate in, in intimate partner relationships yeah. good job brian <laughs> go. good job everyone give brian a round of applause you said intimate correctly very good if i said that to my girlfriend uh here's a good here's a good example here's a good example of where this doesn't work in intimate relationships if if she struggled with saying intimate and i did Come on, that you can do it come on you can do it uh i would be having a cold night by myself i believe <laughs> yes definitely you're lucky that i don't cuddle you at night <laughs> let's not distract no, from hey, this good question listen, that brian asked no, yes that's right i would cuddle you though <laughs> all right um <laughs> so a couple of things a couple of things that we're thinking about um one is that <laughs> it would be a bit of a masculine norm that we might like to solve problems. And one of my favourite quotes from, from the guys who we interviewed was this fella who was talking to his partner um, and she was talking about a problem and he was talking about solving it. And Classic. She wanted, she wanted him to listen, but he wanted to solve it because that's his job, like his work, and he was bringing it home. And so they developed a scheme whereby she would actually to a sign and he would know that she was venting 
and I know it sounds like pretty simple stuff, but a lot of guys will get caught in the, oh, well, it could be something that I can help with. And they'll jump straight into yeah. that. Yeah. John, I, just, I thought we talked about this beforehand that we weren't going to bring up the things that I brought to this, uh, <laughs> this research. If we can keep my relationships out of this, it's a little bit too close to home. So, it, I mean, it, please. I, I was going to say, this sounds a little bit like my therapy session. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, 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 can't, I can't say how much I, I resonate with that. So, I... <laughs> and, and, and funnily enough, and funnily yeah, enough, dude, but yeah, I am, dude. but I, like, I hear you say that and I go, that is me to a fucking T. Yeah, you do that with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do it with everybody. I'm just like, okay, there's a problem in front of us. We need to fix it. Yeah. And and uh, and over so you know on a on a on a personal note over the in in the spring of this year uh, my wife and I were going through IVF treatment to to uh, get pregnant and and you know that had a whole you know that had a whole storm of emotions and rough patches and hard conversations and like ups and downs and wild swings and um and and I struggled a lot early on in the communication side. Even from doing like, you know, we do this, we do this five, four times a week where we sit down and have really hard conversations and it's I harder to practice and, what you preach and I totally. listen and I listen and I listen and I'm not really ever trying to solve anyone's problem when we're having conversations like this. It is exactly what you're saying in, from the healthy relationship side of just, you know, if you're venting or you're hearing somebody just, they just hear, just listen. Mm. And I went through this arc where I ended up having the conversation with Kyle, like I I want to know if we can be more upfront with each other about what we need in the moment. Like, do you want a solution to a problem or do you just want, or do you just want to go and for me to be there for you? And can we start conversations with that pretext? And, and that was a, that was a a big uh, leap for us to communicate better and for me to be there for her in a bigger way, in a better way. It's such wise counsel, you know. Um, it, it, do, it doesn't hurt to have a bit of guidance about what the other person wants, because if we're willing to listen, you know, um, and we want to we want to help, and if helping is listening and not solving the problem, then then I'm sure we can we can chime in. We don't always read the play, so I think it's a it's a really great strategy, and it sounds simple, um, but it can be so effective. You know, the other the other one too. You know, sometimes if someone belabors what they're feeling enough sometimes you start to feel like you might be to blame and that's the other one you know that that, that can happen just because you're hearing something so often and, mm. and and that's something to to be avoided as well but it's to be discussed mm. you know to be, to be worked out so um, they're, they're challenging right um we we had a question come in from uh one of the one of the viewers here uh, Barbara had asked if guys aren't communicating in the relationships, are they exhibiting behaviors that may indicate the relationship is on rocky ground? Um, one of the, one of the things that, that we noticed with, with guys that a lot of guys would say to us, um, this is our term self-censoring that they would be in a relationship and they'd be uncertain about whether they should say something. So their values might be something, you know, different on, on a particular, you know, issue and they just might not voice it for fear of well I might get rejected here I might get dumped or um, let's say it might end up in conflict and I'm not really into conflict and mm-hmm. um, the problem with that was it was a big build over time that just built up and then a lot of times for guys 
you know, our expression will be anger. It'll come off as anger. And, mm. and that's unfortunate because we regret that. And so that big build, you know, um, you can you can kind of see it. So when guys are quiet, um, you know, you might be able to pick up on the fact that they might be quiet, you know, to a point where they're really not engaging. They're starting to sort of isolate a little bit within the relationship. Mm. I um, I, in talking about all of this, it it makes me think a lot about grief. Um, you know, talking about earlier, you were mentioning you kind of reference breakups and how how oftentimes men who who are in a relationship that ends you know they they're more apt to be in a really rough spot than than uh typically women are and and it it just makes me think about like how we as men handle grief handle like big transitions in life uh transitions that seem to be tough is is through the research and, and work that you're doing, like is is the discussion around transitions in life and and grief and not grief just from loss of a loved one or a family member, but like grief in all sense of the word. I mean, like right now we are going through a process of grief globally, like gr- grieving the life that we once knew before COVID. Right. So is there is there much to be said about how men handle and deal with transitions in life? Yeah. Um. So transitions are a real sticking point for they threaten mental health, and and I'm sure they it does for women as well as men. But just to say for guys, you know, we do work with with guys who are returning from active military service. You know, so they're transitioning back to civilian life. You know, we talk to guys about a diagnosis of prostate cancer. Um, you know, and, and there's huge transitions with that retirement. Um, Divorce in in, in in separation with what we're talking about today, and and transitions are hard because they disrupt your routine. Oftentimes, they rupture your purpose, and they're two things that guys tend to need or want because it gives them some control, some estimation <coughs> of what's going to happen tomorrow. So that uncertainty is really hard, and I always think about uncertainty as you know the worry about tomorrow, the uncertainty of tomorrow nestled up with the worry about the past, the mm. rumination about what, what I should have done better is the perfect storm for, you know, depressive symptoms and anxiety. Mm. And I think COVID's been that for a lot of people. And I, and I do think, you know, going into the transition to whatever that it's going to be post-COVID, yeah, mm. I, I think they're challenges um, for everybody. But we know that guys, um, you know, oftentimes we won't, pick up on their depressive symptoms or their anxiety, but it'll be there. Yeah. I, it, it makes me like, I was, you saying that makes me think about like recently we just released an episode on sick boy about Trikafta coming to Canada and, and Trikafta being available in Nova Scotia. And, and uh, for folks who don't know, I live with cystic fibrosis and Trikafta is basically this life altering drug that doesn't treat the symptoms of CF, but treats literally at the source. And so it's, it's not quite a cure, but it's, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's the next best thing. And, and it's, it's a big, it's a big time for people living with CF in that we are going through this massive, you know, the folks that are going to get this drug are going to go through this huge transition in their life and a transition that like I had been hoping for, for my whole life. 
But then when 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 the when the news broke that I was actually going to get Trikafta, I I didn't expect the transition to be so heavy and like to have this feeling of like grieving my own identity and all these really weird un, unexpected feelings that came with it. And I I I mean just hearing you you talk right now John about the stuff that you guys are seeing in the ways that men communicate or don't communicate when it comes yeah. to these transitions like man I like I would I I'm there I'm there right now like I I I was with my partner the other night and like there was tension there was tension between us because I didn't know how to communicate the fucking feelings that I was having about this massive transition that I'm going through this grief process that I'm going through and and it it came out exactly in the way that you just said John it came out in like it it manifested in in anger and of course the next day I'm like oh fuck I what what am I doing like that wasn't that I didn't that's not what I wanted to come from that situation you know so it is it even if you feel like you've got your shit together I think like as, as speaking as as a as someone who identifies as a male I there's got like there's it, it's got to be this deep deep programming within me with the ways that I've been raised and the things that I've viewed in media and and all the things that I that I think about what what it what it means to be masculine that that even when I by I know it and I, I, I actively think about not kind of giving into those stereotypes. It just somehow it's, it's so ingrained. It's so yeah. like deeply ingrained in me. Especially when you get cut off when you're driving your car. Oh, Dude, let's, let's not even. Your fucking road rage. <laughs> let's not talk about my so road rage. Bad. It's that's crazy. Whoa. Whoa. That's you want to see toxic masculinity? Hey. You're driving the car with Jer for It like is much minutes. better than it used to be. Let's not fucking, <laughs> let's not uh, linger John, on that. John, uh, John I, wanted, I wanted to ask you a serious and, and personal question because I'm, I'm curious as somebody who is so embedded in this work with access to um, <coughs> so many tools and a level of, of, of probably awareness and self-awareness what is it what do you find challenging about uh having i'm going to try the word again intimate partner relationships you nailed it dude nailed <laughs> it um oh, yeah a lot because um just picking up on what jeremy said to her is it, so a lot of times we will feel things and the emotions that we feel might be conflicting and our drive is to try and be rational and to give you an expert expression of that. And we just not might not be there yet. So, you know, for me um, and for a lot of guys, I think, you know, it's just trying to sit with feelings to decipher them in a way that they might not make sense. They might be contradictory. We might be feeling happy and sad at the same time. Like Jerry's story was brilliant. I, I listened to that episode and I was, I was actually vacuuming at the time, no disrespect. Um, and, and I uh, was listening uh, and part of me was like tearing up because it's very emotional. And the other part of me as a researcher was going, this is such an amazing example of a, a transition mm. um, because it's hope and it's worry. It's all of these things colliding. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, for me, you know, and, and probably a lot of guys, um, sometimes we're feeling things and we just don't know why. 
and then we're trying to make sense of it too quick or we're trying to close it out too quick. And mm. I think that's that's one of the one of the things that pops is as kind of anger or coming off as gruff or or stoic is is that you know you're either a man of few words or or a bloke who's just lost his call and you know wandered off you know mm. feeling shame that he did that. That that makes me hear like pretty teary eyed hearing you say that because I think of two things that my therapist will say to me that always just like break me down is one is the first question of like every session, which is how are you really feeling right now? And it's it the reason why it fucks with me so much is because I can't like sometimes I just can't express it. There's just mm. so much. And then the second thing is when she says being being a human being is hard. And and those things just make me think like like as somebody I'm thinking of, of you as somebody with so many tools in your toolbox, as I said, but, but saying like, it's still really hard mm-hmm. is, you know, comforting and also sad at the same time. And it's like all these different feelings of yeah. like, fuck, it's hard. This is why I wish I was a, sometimes. That's why and, I wish I was a dog. And <laughs> I know uh, I look at, I look at, I look at fucking donut and I'm like, oh, you yeah. have it so easy. But, well, but just also being Buddhist. able and the only way to process the hardness of it is to talk about it and say yeah. contradictory things and just, I don't know. Yeah. Give it, give it your best shot, John. Yeah, totally, totally was, sorry, no, no, sorry. I was just trying to get into get into something that that I didn't want to lose track of in my head. Um, um, what do you think over the especially over the last few years? Um, probably over the last like five five years. I mean, I'm thinking about in the context of we've been doing this podcast, and I feel like I've seen a pretty big transformation over those last few the the years that we've been doing this. In like, and 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 how does it? And how does it find its way into the work that you do in uh, in the conversation around around men not only having to be masculine, like masculine only, mm. and embracing you know femininity and masculinity, and having having a healthy balance and incorporating a healthy balance of those two because they're inherent in every they're inherent they're 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 you know like they're, they're there. You know, we ascribe certain things to masculine, certain things to feminine, but we, you know, we embody, we embody the, the whole spectrum of it. Mm. You know, how does it work into your, into the work that you do, especially on the conversational side and the relationship side of, uh, of working with men on, on, of, of, um, what's the word, what best way to put it? Not incorporating it. Cause it's, it's like, it's there already, I guess like unearthing it and using it to your advantage. Yeah. Um, great question again. I say we um, we use a framework that's called masculinities, and it's like it's in the plural, um, and it does exactly what you say. It opens it up that masculinity doesn't have to be one thing, mm-hmm. doesn't have to be so prescribed. Mm. So then there's variations on the theme, and there's a con- a continuum whereby guys, you know. They might have hobbies that would reside outside of, you know, uh, what we typically expect, you know, the traditional male to be doing. Um, might might communicate in different ways. Might you know uh, just carry themselves differently. Wear different things, and and the openness of that is really important because it creates the opportunity. You know, we talk about diversity, inclusion, equity all the time, but. In, in gender and in men, if we, if we open up that possibility that you can be a man in a myriad of ways, then we just loosen the, the, the constraints of having to be a certain way. You know, mm-hmm. whether that's, we say guys are stoic, well, 
it's awful to have to be stuck. It's awful to, to be in that situation. It might work for you in some spots, but in others it's not going to. But it's awful to think that you'd have to be like that because that was the prescribed piece. So, yeah. you know, well- what what role and influence does the media have in all of this? Because I, I think of like having conversations with our group of friends and, and like the, I, I live in a bit of an echo chamber um, with these guys. And like we, I think we, we all embrace our own femininity or different masculinities and in different ways and different areas of our lives. But I, I can't help but think about how, you know, the world in general media just per- portrays men in very specific ways, especially in advertising, you know, commercial products. Um, how, how does that influence the way we think about what it means to be a man? Yeah, I think, you know, the dominant, uh, dominant sort of norm, uh, it's always newsworthy when a bloke breaks down and cries in, in public, mm. you know, um, and that's just perennially the, the case. The counter narrative are things like what you guys are doing. You know, so I don't want to get all fanboy on you or anything, but I reckon <laughs> you guys just do an amazing job because you norm the conversations, you affirm each other in 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 feeling and being able to articulate. I mean, it, it goes some way to changing norms. You know, people who tune into you see another way. So it creates a possibility. Whereas, you know, I agree, you know, that the, the story most often told in the media is, is one of, oh, you know, he, he cried. Like, mm. what's up with that? You know, and, and it's funny. <laughs> we, accept, we accept blokes crying when they win, like on the sports field. We don't accept it when they lose. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, kind of, it's just fascinating how, you know, those kind of norms are peddled. But eventually over time, I think you can see through it and just, you know, just work with your own values and conventions. Mm. Yeah, like, like, the perfect, like the perfect world, the perfect world would be, you would be, you know, when, when a man cries, it's just like, Oh, like emotion. That makes total sense. Yeah. Instead yeah. of, Oh wow. And this, and, and like, you know, you could like the same could be said for, you know, you know, a ton of things that we, that we see in society, people who have been marginalized for a really long time. And then they, you know, that, and then they are, are able to step into themselves in the public sphere and it's a celebration and which is great. And I think the world that we're trying to move into is a world where, that it doesn't need to be a celebration because it's, it's, it's totally cool right from the outset. Mm, yeah. yeah. We, uh, we have, we have a couple of other really great questions that came in. Uh, one is from Heather and, uh, and it is, uh, we'll go with Heather's and then I'll, I'll add the, the, uh, Liam also kind of chimed in on the same, same one. So Heather asked, uh, what can a partner do to hold space for a guy? So he will feel safe to talk slash open up in the relationship. And Liam piggybacked the same question and said, in addition to Heather's question, how can someone hold space for uh, slash encourage that conversation for a family member, like a father or a friend? Yeah. So one of the things that I think can be really helpful is an appointment. And I know it sounds like structured and a bit, a bit, you know, routine, but I think, Guys do really well when they've got when they're forewarned that a conversation is going to occur um, in a particular at a particular time, and and this is what's this is what it's about. This is mm. this is agenda, so they can prepare. So I think sometimes you know uh, guys might be a bit frightened off by suddenly being in a space that's a bit deep and haven't thought through it and might feel unprepared to 
to have some of those conversations. So, you know, I think in that way, uh, it, it can be really helpful in the communication way. If you're talking about letting a guy process things and think about things, um, then I think it's okay to, to do that. But, you know, uh, but to also provide them the opportunity to talk. I'm always, you know, I'm always kind of surprised that people say, oh, you know, guys don't talk. And, you know, you can shut a guy down really quickly. Mm. But you can, you can open him up really quickly as well by providing the opportunity for him to talk, which is usually just an open-ended question and circling back with a loop once or twice to get him in the space and make him feel safe enough to, to say the things that are going on for him. And, mm. and I do think it can be done, but sometimes we, if you don't expect a bloke to talk, I, I reckon he won't. Yeah, you know, yeah. what do you mean um circling back with the with a loop can you can you give us an, an example of that yeah so we um uh we do a lot of qualitative interviews with people and we find that when we ask a guy a closed-ended question so something like are you doing okay we will get a yes or a no <laughs> hmm. so one of one of the tricks is just very simple open-ended so why were you thinking that? How was that for you? What was going on at the time? So to build the narrative a little bit, because oftentimes you just get closed-ended, you get yes-no answers to closed-ended questions. So it's an opportunity to just you know circle back with open-ended questions so you can build, help them build the narrative so you can understand the context. Because we're not always great at you know articulating it straight off the bat. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting that you mentioned the uh, that you mentioned right off the bat, like an, you know, an appointment and an appointment. Be, you know, setting a time, setting a place, setting setting an expectation for the conversation. That's a, that's a question that that you know, and 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 you know, uh, we're really we're still waiting on our honorary doctorates, but they they haven't come in the mail yet. But it is something that we that something they are. We well, I mean, we I'm hoping I'm fuck fingers, yeah, fingers mom. Crossed. Did you hear that, mom? Fingers crossed. <laughs> We have been since since the start of the podcast. People have said, "How do I have these conversations that you're having?" And we went, "Wow, well, you know, like you don't need to use microphones." But what was really helpful for us is that we scheduled it, mm. and 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 the the expectation was clear. It was set. It was you know defined, and just that definition of the time and space was the like was laying the nest and the foundation for yeah. that conversation to take place, op- in a very open and authentic way and that was kind of that's always kind of been the narrative that we've that we've mm-hmm. uh, that we've had in terms of having helping people navigate these kind of conversations in their own lives Ooh. with people with relationships Taylor, with people. Taylor has also said countless times that he uses a, a whoop strap to measure his heart rate variability and he said he wants to be in peak performance when he's about to have a really intimate conversation so he's got to make sure that he's ha- has had enough sleep the wonderful that his thing nutrition is on point performance that he's exercising because like I'm if you're going to have a conversation like this performance you want to be you want to be of peak mindset yeah i mean i'm o- i'm looking for peak state i'm always <laughs> which, about, i'm about I, all about peak state i say that tongue in cheek but it's actually true too like if if you're having a jo- bad john's day, straight up like it, yeah guys yeah, he's yeah, nodding his head and, in and, such and, agreement and, and i and i mean that too in the sense that like if you're, I mean, also, if you're stressed out and you have a hundred things on your plate and then you're trying to go into a, a, an emotionally um, deep or heavy conversation with a partner and be there for them and, and respond the right way. And Jerry, like you were saying earlier about like not responding in anger too, um, you want to make sure that you're, mm. 
you're in peak performance. State. You're, re- you're ready for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like so, phones. You know, phones are bad things to have around. You, you've got to have the the room, the space, and nothing else on your mind. You know, and I agree. It's it's a it's a it's a requisite, right? So yeah. make the appointment and, and make it work. And and if not, reschedule. Yeah. And that, I mean that that's also something that. I, in I, my other podcast, Turn Me On, that I do that I do with my my partner Bridie, like that that's one of the things that we've heard time and time again when it comes to working on intimate relationships. And when you're when you're looking to have like tough conversations, it's like be mindful about setting that time to have that conversation, as opposed to just throwing it out there willy nilly and and you know like catching them off guard, yeah, catching someone yeah. off guard, or or you know just having a little bit of preparedness when it comes to having conversations that are tough because conversations that are tough does deserve the effort that goes into having them. And so, and you know what? I think over time, over time, if you, if you build a (coughs) habit of creating that space and and setting that expectation (coughs) for conversations, I think it does lay the groundwork for you to be able to (coughs) go into more challenging conversations, more free form in your life. Like they're, they're easier to then have, uh, on the fly when things come up and you are able to deal with things in a little bit of a better way because yeah. you've practiced. Yeah. I mean, everything, you know, no secret, anything you want to be better at in life, there needs to be a foundation of practice around it. And, and like me with, with chess, I'm practicing <laughs> exactly. every day and I'm getting really practicing fucking deep good. blue. I would, all, the last thing I would add to that too, is that if, if you're standing around and you're in the same room as your partner and you're like, oh, I really want to talk to them about this really hard thing, but I don't know, maybe the time isn't perfectly right right now. Bring up the topic. Talk about wanting to have that conversation and then schedule it then. Yeah. Don't yeah. just put it on the shelf because you think that it's not maybe not the right time. I, I want to get into another uh, great question that actually came in from a past Sick Boy uh, alum uh, from Joanne. Joanne, how you doing? Hope hey, you're doing well Joanne. over there on the Joanne. West Coast of uh, the U.S. Yeah. Uh, Joanne uh, has asked, men are more likely to receive prescription pain medications, but are also more likely to have substance use disorder. Do you think that stigma around men needing to be stoic contributes to physicians just wanting to give them a pill and tough it out? A couple things. Um, you know, the substance use, one of the most common things we see with depressive symptoms with guys, so if we're talking about pain being emotional, plus or minus physical, might show up as somatic. So the, one of the most common things we see is, is self-medicating with substances. So if, if a proxy for that is the prescription of, a, uh, of an analgesic, you know, um, it's not self-medicating, it's prescription medication. And, and perhaps there's a, you know, there's always a bit of a, a trap, you know, that, that you can treat the symptom and not, the, not what underpins it. So I guess, you know, a good clinical assessment would help you more ably decide whether, yeah, we just need a bit of short-term analgesia here and, and, and he'll kick over. But if there's something deeper going on, sort of incumbent on us all to be aware of that and think about, you know, other, other routes, you know, in addition to or in place of a medication. Mm. I, I, in, in that conversation about, like, substance abuse and, and, um, and, and men, one of the big things and one of the big stats that was in our pre-show and one of the things that, that Mitch had mentioned was that suicide among men is, is just like, I mean, the numbers are astounding. 
Um, can can we talk a little bit about about the the signs to look out for um, when it comes to the men that are in our lives and things that that maybe might present in men more so than women when it comes to like depression and suicide and or suicide ideation and things like that? Yeah, so we believe and, and have for the longest time is a discordant relationship between men's low rates of diagnosed depression and high rates of suicide. So I'm not saying the only pathway to suicide is depression, but we know severe depression is a real risk factor. We believe that guys show up in clinical practice, especially early on, with depressive symptoms of anger, irritability, substance overuse, risk-taking, over-involvement in sports and work. The tough bit about this Mm. is that we would actually see that in in guys, you know, of a certain age, maybe college-age guys and and things, and go, well, that's just guys being guys. And so Mm. a lot of times... I believe we're missing the depressive symptoms that are showing up in guys, mm. and then we end up with this higher rate of suicidal ideation plans, you know, attempts. Um, and, and we did a study way back, 2007, and we interviewed guys about depression, and um, we were surprised. They all talked about suicide, all talked about suicide plans um, and thoughts. You know, so there's a real connection, and, and sometimes... <laughs> We're missing it, and this is not a, a, a criticism of clinical work. This is this is for all of us every day. If a guy is continuously aggressive and and, and overusing sub overusing substances, you know, there's a pretty good chance that there's some depressive symptoms going on there. Mm. That is absolutely fascinating. That there is such an overlap of depressive symptoms with stereotypical guy behavior that is yeah. that's that blows my mind yeah like like what like what how do you how how do you decipher that like that must be really really challenging so there is a we use a couple of scales one's called the men's depression or mild depression risk scale and it does actually include all of those items that i've mentioned and it helps us think about it because we ask them to rate it on a frequency of how often so that's that's part of the thing you know guys are always going to probably have a have a drink and a night out and a, a bit of a bender here and there but when it's when it's patterned and it's and it's across time same with aggression irritability then it starts to crop up in a problematic way mm. and so it, it's really about frequency and severity mm. um and and you use it you can see it in your mates sometimes you know they might go through a period where you know you start to worry that they're not quite, not quite, you know, who they who they were or who they are, you know, in terms of just sometimes getting into substances and just doing more of something, you know. So just being aware of it as a as a good friend, and being willing to just go there and ask how they're doing, um, you know, what's going on for them, I, I think can really help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if some if somebody's listening to this, John, right now, and they they're sort of hearing these things and going, "Fuck, that sounds." A little bit like me, but they're not ready to open up to their friends, or they don't know how to talk to to someone. What's something that they could do, an easy first step that could start them down the right path to feeling a little bit better? You know, to self monitor a little bit and, and and just 
you know, if you've got an inkling that, that these things are cropping up, then I think it's really worthwhile starting to just employ a couple of things to slow things down. So um, the idea that you might just take a little bit of time out so and try and decipher what it is that's encumbering you, what the issue is, where this movement's been in terms of, oh, I'm drinking more, I'm angry, I'm anxious all the time, like where that might be coming from. Mm-hmm. And that can just help you slow it down and deconstruct. And it might be that with some, you know, uh, it might be as simple as, you know, some meditation, some mindfulness and, 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 a, and a nice herbal tea and, and everything might sort out or it might require something a little bit more, you know, something a little bit more formal in terms of talking to a professional, but never underestimate, you know, the power of friends and socially connecting to people in ways that they can um, just listen, just be there for you and help help you work through some of the issues. Because sometimes it's just again, it's just about talking through things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really. Uh, this is really just me thinking out loud of how like how grateful I am for both of you guys and for and for you know our, our we've got a pretty close knit friend group um, and like the net isn't cast super super wide and uh, and I feel like in having this conversation and thinking about like why that might be, you know, like we we are very supportive of each other. And we, there is that space to have like open and challenging conversations. And, and, and I'm feeling like, I'm feeling like maybe, well, it just kind of happened in a way that, that, that we sort of created this space of people that like kind of all had this like, like-mindedness and we really kind of like created this like supportive system for each other. And I'm just Ooh. feeling, um, feeling grateful for having that. Mm-hmm. Um, John, uh, I'm curious okay. to know, where does this all start for you? Where, like, where, what, what brings you down? What brings you down this path of, uh, in, of this career and into this, uh, into this like specific lane in, in your, um, in your medical career? Yeah. Um, so I never really had a plan, you know, things kind of, for me just always happened kind of by accident, worked clinically in emergency rooms, um, began teaching, then began researching um, but I'd always had this feeling that um, right from the emergency uh, work, oftentimes guys would come in, they'd be clutching their middle chest, they'd be diaphoretic, like sweating, and they'd be saying, I don't have chest pain, I don't have chest pain. And I was always intrigued, you know, because we'd triage them high and turn out they'd had an infarct and you'd work with that. Um, but just the behaviours always kind of interested me you know, in what I was seeing and trying to make sense of that. So human behaviour is fascinating for me and and clinically we didn't always have, I don't think we always had the time or made the time to um, perhaps have the deeper conversations about where things might be coming from. You know, you, your job was kind of a bit more biomedical, with an, you know, just in a lot of cases. So it's kind of full circle, just being lucky enough to be able to have great mentors around me and, and be able to, you know, um, get paid to think, you know, about behaviours and try and come up with some ideas about how we can assist blokes along the way. Mm. John, uh, I got to say, this is this has been a real treat to be able to sit down and uh, pick your brain about uh, about the research that you're you're putting into men's health, the work that you're doing with Movember, 
Um, is there anything that you, you really wanted to touch on tonight that we didn't really get around to or anything that you kind of want to, uh, leave us with before we, before we wrap up here? Um, no, I, I just thank you for the opportunity to, to meet you guys. I'm a fan and I, and I love what you do and it's just such, um, it's been a real nice day for me. It's been a really good Monday waiting for you guys and, and being on. So no, just um, just keep up the great work, and and I'm you know for your audience, you know the value of, of the social connection between you guys and and you got each other's backs is super important, and it's uh, I think I said to you, Jeremy, you know it's like the elixir. If we could if we could bottle you blokes, we'd be uh, we'd be a lot better off, I think. <laughs> oh, stop it! <laughs> I, I have a feeling that elixir would taste quite bitter, but uh, but but uh, but I but thank you. That is very kind of you. John, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening tonight to sit down with us and hang out with us. This uh, this really meant the world to us. And uh, and enjoy the rest of your uh, your day over in Vancouver. Yeah, Thanks this is time. this is super it in, it it intimate. Oh yeah, oh, nice. you, you did, did it, it you did again. It. You did. Yeah, fuck yeah, <laughs> uh, folks. Thank you so much. This has been a real treat. Uh, again, sickboypodcast.com slash Movember. Donate to the cause. Choose the the mustache that you love the most. Uh, where whoever loses is going to get a tattoo of a mustache on the inside of their lip. Taylor doesn't want that to happen to him. So uh, at least get him beyond Brian. I will do it. I, please, just no, I don't no. think it's going to be possible to to p- surpass my donation so I, far. Hey, okay. I okay. have really sensitive lips. So we are uh, we're we're halfway to our goal of five thousand uh, dollars, and it would mean the world to us if you if you helped us along that way. Again, me. all of the money is going towards something very valuable and very, uh, uh, very important men's health. So thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Means the world to us. We fucking love all of you. Thanks for chiming in in the chat. Thanks for the questions. Big shout out to our Patreon community. Always love seeing you in the chat and seeing you on these live shows. Yes. And until the next time, uh, and hopefully that next time is when we are in your city where we're doing a live show in person. Uh, we love you. Thank you and enjoy the rest of your night. Take care, everybody. Thank you again to John and Mitch. Recording from the beginning of the month. We hope you enjoy it. And uh, we will see you on the other side. All right, folks, there you go. That was our November campaign episode. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, uh, lots of fun to be had in the coming weeks. You know, we're, we're coming up to uh, we're coming up to the holidays. We're ramping up in recordings to kind of prep us for the holidays. We're going to take a little bit of time off here at uh, Sick Boy HQ, uh, but we're going to be releasing episodes all through the holidays. So you know you're not going to miss anything. Um, but in the background, we'll we'll just be we'll be taking a little bit of time off. But you'll you'll never really notice. Um, hope you enjoyed that. We had so much fun. And uh, listen, if you want to support the podcast uh, in any other way outside of, you know, this November campaign or anything like that, you can go to Apple Podcasts to leave a rating or review if that's where you're listening, or you can uh, hit the follow button on Spotify. Or again, like this episode that exists on YouTube, you can go over to YouTube, find us there, subscribe to our channel and hit the bell icon so that every time we put up a new recording or any of those special episodes like the November one, uh, you'll get a notification that that is up. And if you suffer from canker sores, Please reach out, let us know, um, or, or mouth herpes. Um, the only thing, uh, 
the other that we don't want to hear about is any herbal remedies that you have for herpes. We're, we've got we get enough of those. We get enough <laughs> of those emails, and we don't need any more. You can send that to letters at sickboypodcast.com. So uh, canker sores or anything else, any stories that you want to share with us, um, let us know. Reach out letters at sickboypodcast.com or slippity slide into our DMs on Instagram. Um, and if you want to be a guest on the show, uh, like Dr. John Olive. Then go to sickboypodcast.com slash contact and fill out the guest form. I just want to clarify too. If you have canker sores, don't fill out the guest form. Send us a letter. No. Don't fill out the yeah, guest form. Yeah. I mean, form. If, it is, if it is, if you have diagnosed I mean, hey, herpes, then fill out the guest form. Yes. But if you bite your lip and get canker sores, don't fill out the guest form. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's that's uh, that's it for this week. Thanks to Jeff Lonis, our manager. Thanks to Richard Coyne for the theme music. I uh, love doing this with you guys. Thanks to our Patreon patrons, uh, who we love very Trump. much. And uh, that's all I got. That is it for today. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.